My name is Maximus Decimus Meridius. I am Iron Man. What is going on, y'all? It is Eric Italiano, co-host of the Post Credit Podcast. Now, this is twice in a week where we are throwing y'all a curveball because, once again, it is my voice opening the show. And that is because today we have another special interview-only episode. We are speaking with the star of Harder They Fall, Jonathan Majors, who you also may know from a few things like Loki and soon to be Ant-Man 3, and also the director of said film, James Samuel. I've seen it. It's fantastic. I hope y'all check it out when it hits Netflix on November 3rd. And otherwise, we will talk to y'all this Friday when we are recapping and reviewing Eternals and speaking to Gilgamesh actor Don Lee. All right, y'all. Oh, and if you haven't yet, rate, review, subscribe, do all that shit. All right. Talk Friday. Peace. How are you today, brother? Well, strong, man. Yeah, feeling good. So congrats on on the film. I had an absolute blast with it. I had a blast with your character specifically. For you, Jonathan, what do Westerns mean to you? Did you grow up watching them? Is there one in particular that you love? Or is this simply you trying to diversify the type of roles that you take on, which I think has been a real strength of your career so far? Um, I love movies. And uh, I feel that some of the some of the most um, profound movies for me um, were Westerns, you know, some of the most entertaining films uh, growing up uh, were Westerns, Uh, for instance, um, uh, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid, you know, love that film. Um, And also, uh, what else would I say? Uh, I'm sorry, just a second. Whoa! Hey, James, I'm going to be talking to you in about an hour. So oh, bro, I didn't want to disturb. I couldn't resist. No, nah, you're good, man. It's good to see you both. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm next door. Okay, okay, you just, you just gotta, I, I should have told you. All right, all right, all right. Uh, sorry, my brother. Nah, you're good, man. Um, you were on Butch Cassidy. Yeah, Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. Um, love, love, love that film. One of my favorite films. Um, the Lonesome Dove series is also something I really, really uh, enjoyed. And Gunsmoke. Just the opening mm. of Gunsmoke. Bang, 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 bang. Um, that was always a... <laughs> That's kind of in my head from my uh, from my grandfather, and and my mother, uh, her favorite uh, picture growing up was um, Little House on the Prairie. Mm. So we used to watch those dramas in the house all the time. Um, so they kind of kind of seeked them seeked themselves into my um, conscience for uh, what it was that storytelling was. Um, yeah. That actually leads me into my next point, because given that Westerns are such an iconic staple of film, I'm curious what the process of adding your own layers and quirks to an archetype that has such a rich and established history. And how did you do that for your role? I mean, you you nailed it there because you think Western and what do you think? Right. Well, we just said Butch Cassidy and Sundance Kid. Right. So you got those two cats, um, Paul Newman and Robert Redford. 
you know, playing those iconic duo, right? And then you have, of course, you know, Clint Eastwood, yeah, and John yeah. Wayne. And those four gentlemen, as handsome and dangerous as they are, all have one thing in common that I, I do not have uh, 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 in common with them, you know? Um, and so, I mean, the elephant in the room is that, okay, here's a black Western hero, right? Which we've not seen before. Um, so at the same time, like with any art, you know, there is a, there's a standard, right? And so you first must understand the standard. And so one of the things I understand about, I feel for, for my process is what do these, let's just take these four individuals, for instance, what do these four characters have in common, right? And that is, there's a certain amount of presence with them. There's a certain amount of um, accoutrement with them, right? The hat, uh. horse, you know, all these things. And the thing that makes those four men, uh, those four characters distinct or the fact, or is the, or is in the observation of how they use those things, right? Um, in the stories they tell. So in that, my biggest thing was, okay, one of the, one of the things was, okay, we got, we got my horse, we got the hat, we got the poncho, we got the guns. What makes them different? Mm. Right? Well, one, truth be told, I'm a lot younger than those guys, <laughs> right? Yeah. And so there's that. But I still right? think the, you have a real weight to your character still carries a very world weary weight yeah. to him. No, I agree with that. But but there's also something that happens with being a younger man. Right. right. That your aggression is a little different, isn't it? Mm. Right. Your risk taking is a little different. You know, you're yeah. willing, you know, um, and there's a certain confidence. Right. Because oh, that yeah. has made his way from slavery. Right. The, the 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 autobiographic info is that Nat Love was born a slave, right, mm. in Tennessee, and then journeyed all the way to the West, you know, in, in, in the elements of our story, right? What type of individual is that? Right. Mm. And so one of the big things I was focused on is the the level of stakes, right, and the level of risks that Nat was willing to take. And on a scale from one to ten, he was pretty much at a ten. Right. Yeah. He was willing to do anything right to exact revenge on what it is that was done to him, because what was done to him was so uh, violating. Monstrous. Um, yeah. Where does a uh, badass antihero, romantic, slick gunslinger rank in terms of the types of parts that an actor can take on? And you do you pursue specific types of roles like this or do you just sort of react to what comes your way? And if so, what's last on that sort of types of roles that you hope to take on? You said what's next on that? On the, on that? Well, if yeah. you're if you're consciously planning what type of roles that you want to take right. on, do you have like a, a roadmap or? No. Well, I will say this: that it's quite flattering that you you know you say all those things about Nat. You know what I mean? Um, oh, dude, I thought you were so cool. I, I just thought you were so <laughs> slick, man. Just such a dope character. Like I imagine being a gunslinger that is also romantic and cool as hell is probably yeah. as good as it gets for acting, you know? Yeah, it's cool, man, because really it's like, it's the constant gardener, you know, theory, where it's like you just keep working on these small things. And as the film, because you don't know, you don't know he's going to have that romantic side to him at the beginning in the church, right? Mm. You don't know that. You mm. also don't know that he can ride a horse like he can ride it, right? Mm. So it's, it's, mor it's morsels, right? It's like, okay, this is who he is at this moment. This is who he is at this moment. And then when it's all said and done, two hours and 10 minutes later, you go, 
how, how does this man, how, how does this happen? You know? And I asked the same question, you know, like I go, how, you know, because to me, my only objective in that's kind of outside of, of a script is, is to look at everybody individually. And I believe that you have to find what's peculiar about someone. Right. And, and, and highlight that. Their quirks. That, yeah. Yeah. And that, and, and if you, and if he's confident in that, in the quirks or in the pecu peculiarity of himself, it is just natural, right? It's just natural, yeah. right? The peacock doesn't feel more whatever because he can do the he can do the tail thing. You know what I mean? It's just what a peacock does. It's us that goes, dog. That is such a cool bird, right? He's just doing him, <laughs> right? You know what I mean? Right. And so yeah. that love is just doing that love. You yeah. Know? Plus, um, with that name, you can't help but be cool as hell. Um, you know what I mean? Let let me ask you, how do you get in the zone for emotional scenes, which are some of my favorite parts of the films, like the one with Zazie or with Idris? And how does that compare for getting into the scene like you did for Loki? Is it the same process? Because they're different emotional beats, but they're sort of the big climax. So how do you get yourself in the zone for varying types of payoff moments? Uh, there is no zone. Mm. You are you are the zone. I, well, <laughs> Uh, I, I, I do. One of the things that's um, imperative for me is it's funny. James came in here because James says, you know, um, like I never showed up to New Mexico. You know, Nat Love showed up to New Mexico, mm. you know, where we shot the film. And there's a certain, you know, process that comes and just for myself, where I, I, I just want to do a good job, you know, and, and one of the best things for me is to I know myself. Uh, to a degree, I'm still learning, but I know myself and I know that it's best for me not to act, you know, it's best for and me just be. Not. Yeah, it will try my best to do that. And and what I do is just kind of, you just take it on, you know, it's uncomfortable at first, you just take it on, you know, I'm just gonna wear cowboy boots, you know, <laughs> for the next eight months. I'm, I'm gonna smoke for the next eight months, you surrender to it. Yeah, you know, um, and I'm gonna think, and I'm gonna let 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 that hurt examine that hurt of what it would be like for my parents to leave and be taken from me mm. i'm just gonna sit with that you know and continue to sit with that and you do your work and you look at the you know psychoanalysis of all of it uh but you just try to really believe it and the thing is you'll believe it if there's nothing else in the way that tells you otherwise right so you just kind of begin to push things the subtraction you begin to push things out of your out of the way that that distract from that right that distract from, you know, the aforementioned he who remains, right? And then it's all about Idris Elba. It's all about Rufus Buck. <laughs> if I know the thing that hurt me that much, his name is Rufus Buck, and he looks like, you know, one of the most sexiest men alive, you know, <laughs> Idris Elba, right? You know what I mean? Like, let, yeah, you know, absolutely. Even back then like, in the wild, wild west, I'm like, damn. You know I mean? When you see that person, you will feel those things. Right. You know what I mean? And then, and then you just try your best to get out of the way and you're lucky enough to have, you know, a director and a, a Mihai, you know, our, so I think from what I'm hearing yeah. from you is the zone is not a place to reach. It's a state of being. Yeah. It's yeah. I love that. Yeah. It's an approach. Yeah. I, I like yeah. that. Um, like many movies these days, this film teases a sequel, uh, given the star power of this movie, the second one would have to come just as correct. 
Are there any ideas of who you would hope to work with in uh, The Harder They Fall, Er, part two? Well, I would say the first person we would have to work with, you know, really, look, it's like this. I mean, the relationship that was established, I mean, as you saw, James just came in, you know, mm. um, between the team that built this thing, you know, that being uh, James Samuel, uh, James Lasseter, uh, Tindon Nagenda at uh, Netflix, you know, that family, um, Sean Carter. Um, and because of the nature of Nat in the, in the film, you know, myself, you know, as, as the protagonist of this particular world, um, we would just have to get busy again, you know, and figure out what, what, what other information, what other thing we can explore, but it would, it would have to come correct. And uh, mm. if anybody could do it, I think it would be, you know, that that core yeah definitely I, I, a lot of films these days as i said tease sequels but this one felt natural and right which is a hard thing to do i've only got a sorry uh, go ahead man and it's dope because it's original content mm, absolutely absolutely now i i've only got a few minutes left so i just want to swing over to your newly burgeoning marvel career now every time i talk to somebody who works in marvel i always feel sort of bad because i can only imagine the amount of questions that they get but yeah. that said it is part of my job so i do want to ask you what are you hoping that kang brings to the mcu that hasn't been done before and what about that character is appealing to you as an actor well what's appealing to me about the character is that I get to work, you know, I get to, um, I get to work, you know, which means I get to explore, um, I get to explore my own humanity and kind of put that on display for, you know, because it's Marvel, a massive audience, right? And that's, that's really cool for me. You know, that's kind of what, when I was sitting in North Carolina or New Haven, you know, in drama school, it's like what you always wanted, you know, um, in a way. And what I, what I feel Kang brings to, um, uh, the MCU is, you know, something for something for our for our heroes to go up against, you know? <laughs> um, and that's cool because you you learn more about it. There's conflict, you know, and I get to be uh, a part of that. So yeah, I, mean, I apologize. I mean, no, no, no. By all means, man, I've got to fish a bit. I got to try. Let yeah. me ask you one final one related to Marvel. That's not quite as deep. Did you feel your brain explode when they were explaining all the multiverse stuff to you? And do you remember the exact moment that you got the call that you had been cast as a major MCU villain? And what was that like for you? Well, that was beautiful. And I can speak to that. I was in New Mexico. We were shooting Harder They Fall. And I was in New Mexico. Um, uh, I think actually, actually smoking a cigarette or something. I think. <laughs> uh, Perfect timing. Uh, yeah, you know, uh, and my and my team called, and I was with a very dear friend of mine, and and we were just kind of sitting, and I just had to walk off. I was like, "What? They want to do what?" And um, it, the thing about it is, like, initially it's just a job, right? Mm. I was like, "Okay, cool." And then as it began to unfold it became you know it, it became what it was you know like and who knows what it would be you know yeah i hear you i think i speak for all fans not only in terms of kang but in terms of your career as a whole i've been having a thrill watching you work your early filmography is incredible i think you're an immense talent sir congratulations on the film it is awesome you are awesome in it 
The Heart of They Fall hits Netflix on November 3rd. Jonathan Majors, thank you so much, sir. Oh, peace, my brother. That's so sweet. Thank you, man. Take care, boss. See you soon, I hope. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.